Hey, um, this is for moms everywhere. We love you, including Cindy, who's also a mom. And my mom, who is my mom. Welcome to the Let's Scare My Girlfriend to Death podcast. I'm your co-host, Josh. And I'm your co-host, the girlfriend, Cindy. Welcome back to the Let's Scare My Girlfriend to Death. I'm the girlfriend. That's the guy trying to give me death. Hi. <laughs> give you death. <laughs> give you death. Uh, that's Josh. Um, He's the guy who knows everything there is to know about these movies and loves them genuinely <laughs> and has a big appreciation for them. And I'm the girlfriend who is a little histrionic in my responses to things in horror movies. I would say everything you just said is correct except for I do not know everything about these movies. I'm trying. You're trying, but you're but not officially. I'm not. Um so much so that today on Facebook Memories, although I am off of Facebook, I do go kind of, you know, troll a little bit. Um, on my Facebook Memories, I guess seven years ago I was doing some sort of photo challenge. And seven years ago today it says a picture of something you hate. And it's a collage of like Pinhead and Freddy Krueger and Jason and Chucky. Uh, yeah, I hate I all of those things. Okay. For the at-home audience, just Mm -hmm. so you know where we're at, it is April 20th. We are a month plus into a quarantine, and we are recording today to be released the week of Mother's Day. Mother's Day. We're at over 2 million confirmed cases worldwide. This is our Mother's Day film. In a month filled with movies of being trapped in locations... This is happy uh, quarantine. Happy quarantine, everybody, from everyone here. Also, at, happy Mother's Day. Death. Okay. My mom and all the moms, and we're celebrating you, moms and mom, with Cujo. Okay. <laughs> now, typically, uh, yeah, okay, Cujo. So, does this go with our month's theme of isolation, or is this just the movie that you're picking because it's Mother's Day? This is. Both a movie with one of the best moms in horror. And I don't mean like there's some really awesome, shitty, terrible moms in horror, like Mama. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a legit, like, the lead of this movie is phenomenal and is trying very hard to protect her child, but they're also trapped in one location for okay. most of the movie. So it, it's the perfect double theme for this month and also Mother's Day. Okay. So I'm pretty excited. It's also a Stephen King I was going to say, all story. I know about this is that it involves a dog and it's Stephen King. Cujo was released August 12th, 1983. 83. I was three. I was... 3.75. Almost one. Yay. If it had been released on August 30th of 1983, I would have been one. One. Uno. Uh, is directed by Louis Teague, who did Cat's Eye and Jewel of the Nile. Now, Cat's Eye is also a Stephen King movie, right? Uh, and Jewel of the Nile is the sequel to the really fucking fun Romancing the Stone. And it was Michael Douglas and, uh, Kathleen Turner. Kathleen Turner. Not Faye Dunaway. (laughs) Kathleen Turner. Okay. Uh, it was written by Barbara Turner, who would write Pollock, and it was based on a novel by Stephen King, who I wrote a dash up from Stephen King's name and just wrote... Everything. Everything. Everyone um, knows who Stephen we King love Stephen is. King. This movie stars two people from The Howling. Two okay. people from The Howling. From The Howling. Flashback which was to from, The Howling. Was that October? That was last August. August. That was Werewolf Month. Okay. Uh, so Dee Wallace. Later okay. Dee Wallace Stone. 
She is Donna Trenton. She's the mom from E.T. She's the reporter from The Howling. She's the mom in Critters. She's basically the unofficial mom of horror. And nice. she is legit one of the nicest humans I've ever met. Not not even just at cons. Just or in general? Like, in general, she is one of the nicest human beings I've ever met. She's so fucking nice. It's insane. Um, so Daniel Hugh Kelly plays Vic Trenton. He, is, he was in The Good Son. Uh, Danny Pintaro. Oh. Yeah. Ted Trenton. Dad, wait, isn't Danny Pintar? Isn't he from Married with Children? He's Jonathan on Who's the Boss. Oh, that's it. Yeah, yeah. okay. He's a, he's a little, he's their son in this movie, and then Christopher Stone, who was D. Wallace's real life husband and the guy who power ate that meat. Remember he's a vegetarian oh, in the yeah, howling. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then she's like, "How do you like those ribs?" He's like, "Good, they're real good." Like in real life, and he turned into a werewolf. Yeah. Her real life husband. Yeah, I remember that. Real life now ex husband, I believe, and Ed Lauder. Uh, who was Duke in Magic, and he was in Raw Deal, and he was in the 76 King Kong. Um, uh, yeah. I got nothing on him. So this movie. This Cindy, movie. Listeners. Listeners. Stephen King. Listeners uh, and Cindy alike. Has admitted a couple things about this movie. Mm-hmm. One, he admits that he was so drunk that he doesn't remember writing the book. Oh, wow. He's like, I, it was done one day, and I was like, oh, fuck, I wrote this book. No, oh, he had many demons. He's yeah. pretty good now. He but loved cocaine and alcohol. Cocaine and alcohol. But who doesn't? Fair, fair. And Stephen King still to this day believes that D. Wallace gives the best performance of any actor in any adaptation of his movies. Really? To this day? Yeah. I'm, I think that Whenever was before that like, was. the big it thing mm-hmm. from a couple years ago. The remakes, yeah. So, but I would say that it's still, she's still... Probably number one, if not close to being number one. Like, D. Wallace is Killed this it. movie. Now, Stephen King usually makes a cameo in all his movies. Is this one no different? You shall have to watch and find out. Uh, well, normally you tell me. You're like, hey, look for this guy. Sure. Here's a cameo. You're not going to tell me? I don't believe he does. Hmm. He was too drunk. Oh, no, that, that was writing it. Not... Yeah. So, the world of 1983, right? The world of me being a year old. Me being 3.75. Half half a year old to a year old in... 1983 saw the migration of ARPANET to TCP/IP uh, be completed, which basically I don't meant know what any of that just was. It was the birth of the internet as you know it. Mm, whatever. Like ARPANET was the military designed, Department of Defense designed communication way, to way communicate over computers, and then they migrated it to the internet as you know it. Okay. Uh, Fraggle Rock debuted. Yay! What a wonderful year. I love Fraggle Rock. Yep. Uh, the final MASH aired. Excellent. I've seen every episode of MASH. The world almost ended. When? Oh, yeah. There was, was that, the Soviet uh... nuclear fake alarm incident. The Soviets were just chilling, and their system was antiquated, and it went off and said, the United States is firing missiles at you. Oh, so they and quick. they were like, fire missiles back. And thank God, or thank whoever you pray to, for Stanislav's Petrov, who was the guy who was supposed to hit the button and didn't. And was like, wait, 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 Because wait, he wait, was wait, like, wait. this is probably a false alarm. And it was. But if that dude had hit that button... We would all be screwed. We would be dead. Yeah, yeah. So why is that guy not talked about in history more? Like, eh, communism. Also, weirdly, there you go. Another... In 1983 and now. Like, you save lives through inactions. Yeah, <laughs> just like anything. Now. Martin Luther King Jr. Day was made officially a holiday. Mm-hmm. 
And Michael Jackson's Thriller debuted. I have never... Uh, a way that my sister and I are different. I, randomly, we were talking about the differences um, in our school things, and that was one of them, was that I've always... It was never a thing. Like, I've always had Martin Luther King Day off. We talk about it, and then you have the day off. And my sister remembers before that was a thing. Like, she remembers it being put on calendars, I believe. I believe. I may be mistaken. It may have been a conversation I had with somebody else, but in my memory, it's her. All right. Cindy, here are some famous people born in 1983. All right. Who? Aziz Ansari. Yeah. Emily Blunt. Yeah. Hannibal Buress. Nice. Lupita, Word. Lupita Nyong'o. Oh, I loved her in uh, Us. Us, yeah. yeah. I love her in everything. Donald Glover. I love Childish Gambino. And Adam Driver. Nice. Kylo Ren. People that died in 1983? Who? Tennessee Williams. Oh, wow. And Karen Carpenter. I could tell you a lot about Karen Carpenter. Have <laughs> you ever seen Superstar, the movie made with Barbie dolls? No, but now I want to. Yeah, uh, I'm drawing a blank on the director, but he's a famous director, and he made it in school. And this is going to be a quick diversion thing, but essentially he did an unauthorized autobiographical uh, bi- film about Karen Carpenter's life with Barbie dolls. <laughs> and as her eating disorder kicks in, mm-hmm. he started whittling the Barbie dolls away. Oh, So they were, like, excessively thin. Uh, I know a lot about Karen Carpenter because health education in New Jersey in the 90s, and I guess the 80s, um, you had a PE was year round and one quarter of PE would be spent on health. And in health class, you had to have one week of eating disorder education. And I promise you that every single year, our PE teacher slash health teacher would put on the Karen Carpenter story, the made for TV movie. And we'd watch it. Anytime there was a substitute, they would watch. They would help have us watch the Karen Carpenter story. I have seen that movie a lot. It is very random, but that's how they taught us about anorexia and bulimia. Nice. Yeah. Uh, Todd Haynes, the guy that made I'm Not There and Carol. Made the Barbie version? He made the Barbie version. I should take a look. Uh, it's 43 minutes long. I will tell you that... New Jersey versus West Virginia. We never had any lessons in eating disorders. Well, you heard of mine. <laughs> uh, are we going to do a poster? I've, I mean, Cujo, right? It's yeah. Cujo. All right. Well, this is the part of the podcast where Josh typically shows me an original print poster of the film, and I try to discern meaning from it. Now, this is Cujo. It's a part of cultural history because it's a Stephen King movie. I know it's about... Oh, that's kind of cool. Now there's a new name for terror. Cujo. It's like a, well, a, a, picket, fence. a picket fence. Yeah. Um, I I mean, it's about a possessed dog. That's all I know. I know that it's a possessed dog. And the dog kills people. Like, it's that hurts its owner or something like that. I don't know. Okay. We'll, we'll talk about possessed dogs when we come back. Okay. So, this is Cujo. We have the Blu-ray. I'm positive. But this is probably, I mean, it's definitely available on Amazon Prime. I'm sure it's available on, what else? It, what, it might be on Shutter. Shutter, something like that. Not positive. Have to, don't don't take my word for that one. Anything else we need to discuss, dearie? No, save for the back half. I'm just ready to... Ready to watch some Cujo. Watch this giant dog. Okay. Small people. All right, join us. Thank you.
lives in the imagination is more frightening than the terror that lives in Castle Rock, Maine. second half of let's scare my girlfriend to death we just finished watching kujo episode i could not have been more wrong my whole life i thought that movie was about a college girl and an overprotective dog i'm sure that that's a movie that exists somewhere out there but it's not kujo but that's what i thought kujo was that's what i thought anywho welcome back guys what do you think is this a movie everybody's seen but me is this one of those I've seen Christine. I don't think it's... I didn't see Cujo. I don't think it's that level. I don't think it's a thing like Nightmare on Elm Street mm-hmm. or something like that. I, th- I, I think, think this movie is well regarded among certain circles. Okay. Stephen King likes it as far as Following. Wallace's. Oh, okay. Uh, You've met her a bunch. Just once. Just once. She was super duper nice. What did you ever sign? E.T. Mm, that makes sense. Yeah. She's uh, uh, everybody's I wish mother. I would have doubled down and did the howling. Mm-hmm. There's always next time. There's always next time. Okay, so if you recall the first half of this podcast just moments ago, uh, before the pretty trailer for Cujo, I thought this movie would be about not what it was about. Um, okay, here's what it was about. It was a, huh, a mother and son having to survive in a car while a rabid dog roams outside that's what the movie was about you're yeah the i mean the mdb synopsis is what does that say cujo a friendly saint bernard contracts rabies and conducts a reign of terror on a small american town but it wasn't well i mean yeah i guess he did kill other people that's true but the whole impetus of the movie is that this poor woman and the dog are in the, and her son are just trapped in this hot car. No air conditioning. It won't turn on. Uh, it's back in the days of roll-down crank windows, and she doesn't want to roll them down because she has to roll them up so fast in case Cujo finds them. It was hilarious. I like the movie. This movie's like an hour and 33 minutes. Yeah, it was, it, it was it a pretty quick fast, one. But it was an 80s-style quick movie. That Everything we think of when we think of the movie, when we think of being stuck in that Pinto... But that's only it's like hot. it's like twenty minutes. The last, if that thirty five mm-hmm. minutes of the movie. I there's a whole setup in this. 
there's a very long well because you want to be invested in you know that there's so much on the line like their marriage and the you know how it's secretly the man's fault and like (laughs) he should have got the damn thing checked um yeah and all that this movie fits into structurally something i like to call uh reality versus like scripted reality okay well the idea stay with me i'm staying i have nowhere else to go babe we're in quarantine when you talk talk about a movie you talk about a movie you talk about structure you talk about where the story's going traditionally in hollywood screenplays are supposed to go from a to b to c Mm -hmm. like act one act two yeah there's a formula leads to another and this just seems like there are two unrelated stories there's like Cujo and his family, the abusive, they don't come out. The abusive, now, say, very the trashy. Abusive, trashy family owner that he comes from. And then that's one story. And the other and story is this. Dee Wallace having an affair with her real life husband. Yeah. Oh, is that what that was? Her real yeah, life husband? Yeah, yeah. The same guy. Remember the guy in oh, the yeah, howling yeah. that was like, how those ribs? That was him. They're really good. Are they still married? No, I don't think so. Oh, well. But it's just so weird because. There are two different. There's all these like background stories happening. In this you movie, really think it's going in a really different. If I had seen this when it first came out, or you know, within <laughs> a few years of when it first came out, you think it's going to be a. If the poster didn't have a dog on it, you would think it's going to be about these two husbands. You know what I mean? There's this one trashy husband who's planning a night away. There's this other. You know, seemingly real waspy, nice husband who has to go away for a weekend. It's like, okay. He's also that one. He's the most spineless of the three. The, the rich. The, 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 the waspy one. D. Wallace's husband in the movie. Spineless? He's like really nice and they play him as like. He seemed like a, seemed like a good dad to me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the way they set it up is the three men of the movie. Yeah. Right? You've got. The mechanic guy who owns Cujo, mm-hmm. who is a dick and is very, very abusive towards his wife. Mm-hmm. And then you've got the uh, D. Wallace's real life husband, whose name we Stone. don't. But what, what was his name in the movie? We don't even know. Uh, well, anyway, but he, you have him and uh, his wife and son, Steve Kemp. But whatever, he's like the all-American muscular Work, works in advertising. Guy. He no, no, no. That's the husband. Yeah. I'm talking about the boyfriend, Cindy. But he's like a dick. Mm-hmm. He's... He was a big fish in a little town. He was the hot guy from the town. You know, the guy who's always at the bar and everybody knows him. He's somebody's, like, sleazy uncle. Like the guy who peaked in high school? Mm-hmm. But he is where the guy who owns Cujo is... You don't see him be physically abusive. You know he is. That's why she's leaving. Isn't that it? Mm-hmm. And I think with her, D. Wallace's boyfriend, slash in real life at the time husband, he's super, um, I don't know, like that pathway, that gateway to a younger time when there was less stress, there was no children. It's her ex-boyfriend. Uh, I don't know if it's her ex-boyfriend, but if there's some sort of past there, yeah. They, well, they talk about like how he, they used to date, which that's kind of odd mm-hmm. that, you know, you're now husband would become best friends. Yeah, with, with your like, your ex-boyfriend. Boyfriend. Yeah, I didn't really follow that um, one. But he becomes, like, very emotionally abusive mm-hmm. and st- 
stalking. Well, he becomes physically abusive, too. I mean, he tears down her. Like, she, he tears up their house, and she, she he shakes her. And, yeah, he's, he's a pretty abusive guy. And he also seems like, I don't know, he's, like, pawing at her all the time. And she's like, please stop. Yeah. And he's like, no. Yeah. And then they play up the actual husband, like, in the movie, the ad exec guy. Yeah. As being kind of wishy-washy at times. And he's, like, a super nice guy, but... Not. I, I get... He's kind of milk toast, I guess. You know, he doesn't really have any... Other than the fact that I guess he brings in good money in his 1980s power job. But, like, otherwise, he doesn't really bring a whole lot to the table. So we've got these three main guys. The... Uh, the, the male representation. The male representation, other than the, the son, Danny Pintoro. Okay, and then we have the wife, Dee Wallace. Who's portrayed as, like, she's got everything. The great husband who's super nice and loves her kid. And and hot boyfriend on the side and this nice house. And she doesn't really seem to work. And, yeah, she does kind of have it all. I get that it's a really easy way to give them, like, oh, it's like real life. Mm -hmm. But I don't... It doesn't really... I don't think you really needed to do the whole hmm. she's having an affair angle because it doesn't get paid off at all, really. No. No, is that... Have you ever read the book, Pujo? Is this... Does the book and the movie end the same way? The They don't end the same way. I'm trying to remember... Um, the movie kind of ends abruptly. Is that the I original in ending? the book, the little boy dies. Mm-hmm. And that was like... That's kind of a given. Stephen King, King was like, you know, if I could go back and change one thing, I probably would have like not killed the kid off. <laughs> but I'm, I don't remember. Mm. It is kind of an abrupt ending to the movie. Is that the? Did you? Did we talk about? It? Was this the original ending to the movie, or did they do a reshoot? I'm pretty sure this was the original. It's just ending. so ending. Just, She's just like, here, take your kid. Boom. I'm done. <laughs> yeah, there's no closure. We don't know if um, she does end the relationship with her with. Uh, her boyfriend at one point during the movie so there's that but the husband already finds out and he you know will he forgive her or not you don't really ever know you'd assume something like this would kind of bring them together but who the hell knows right uh talk to you about some thematic elements what do you pull from this movie anything fun and underlying other than it fits into the dark tower series how does it fit in the dark tower i've never read the dark tower series neither have i i just know that every every element and every character of every book and story Stephen King's ever written all ties together somehow. All right. That's all I that's all I know. Like <laughs> I don't know. I don't I, I I've read some King. I've not read I didn't even try that. I I think I read the first half of Dark Tower mm-hmm. the first book and I was like oh, don't come for me internet. <laughs> it's but fine. It's not really, you know. There it, are some things he's written are amongst I, my favorite books. I love The Stand. I love Salem's Lot. Is I think the creepiest goddamn book I've ever read in my entire life. But you're not totally into it. Gonna kill a teddy bear if he doesn't read finish the series. Fan every single thing he puts out. Gotcha. I feel like at, that, at this point it would be a full time job. That's very like, true. What do we? What do you do for a living? I I read Stephen King for a living because he is fucking prolific as hell does this movie this movie i think this totally would fit in the archive formula you think i'm kind of okay so 
Samuel Ziarkov was this producer of exploitation movies in the 70s. And if you've seen any kind of black exploitation movie, that's kind of what we're getting at. A lot of action, a lot of stuff. And the formula to make a great movie is based on his name, A, Action. Yes? Does it start? It doesn't really start out that way, though. I mean, the movie, if I remember correctly, the movie opens with, like, Cujo chasing a rabbit. Yeah. But, I mean, so it's like an action shot, but... I mean, there's action at the end, but But it's very self-contained. It's very small. Again, yeah, it's that 20-minute chunk where you're like, oh, my gosh, you know, edge of the seat sort of a thing. Our revolutionary, was it for its time, an idea of a dog with rabies kind of attacking and being able... To kill a mockingbird. No, because even in To Kill a Mockingbird, it's only a few pages. It's how you learn that her dad was the best marksman in the family. It's just like, oh, yeah, let's kill this dog. Boom, done. Something that's so a one-off in that book mm-hmm. is this whole book. Like, I don't think this movie is wrong. Do you think this movie is why your family drilled it into you about rabid dogs in the 80s? Oh, I think it had an effect. I think mm-hmm. people in the, after, in the aftermath of this movie in the 80s... I think a lot of people were like, oh, fuck, like, it's really easy to get rabies. Like, and I think that's why a lot of, like, my parents, especially my mom, was like, don't fuck with those bats. Like, Is it because she had so many dogs? (laughs) The dogs might give you rabies. But just, you know, there are always bats out Mm -hmm. at night. And I remember my mom always telling me, and I think it's specifically because of this movie. Yeah. Like, don't fuck around with those bats. Like, don't. Never. You'll I guess get, because I grew up in like this in suburbia, you know, we didn't really have bats and stuff. We need to look out for like crackheads. <laughs> no, I mean, because it was, it's New Jersey. So we need to look for like if there was a nocturnal animal that was out during the day, stay away from it. You know, if an animal was drooling a lot, stay away from it because, but we, it wasn't, oh, you'll get rabies and, you know, go crazy it was you'll have to get those 20 shots in your stomach <laughs> nobody wants those oh yeah that was always the big deterrent people were like you know yeah. oh, that dog bites you you gotta get a bunch of there was a whole beavis and butthead episode about that so i i would say was it revolutionary for its day you think no i yeah, know what about okay so k killing yes yeah. the dog viciously yeah, tears apart not a huge amount of killing in this movie mm-hmm. but i mean it's it's a revolutionary way to die via St. Bernard, I guess. It's poor dogs. It's so interesting that they used a St. Bernard when, especially, you know, since about 94 on, the animal that the dog that everyone's scared of is like a pit bull. Well, that came out of... Side note, we've always had pit bulls in my Stephen house. Stephen King went to get his motorcycle worked on, mm-hmm. and the guy who was doing the mechanic had a big St. Bernard. Bernard. And he was like, man, if you're just out here by yourself... And that thing went fucking nutty on you. Like, what would you do? Like, that's where this whole movie came from. Was yeah. like, I'm assuming, as per things he said in the past, a Coke or booze or both fueled. Why not both? Uh, just writing period where he saw that dog at his mechanics and was yeah. like, boop, done. Done. Let me spit this out real fast. But I think, well, we'll get to that in a second. But, so there's killing... There's not a lot of like. Well, you know the O O F F is oratory and then fantasy and fortification. I think the only line that sticks out to me was the thing that it had about like the the whole monster line of like the thing. Oh yeah, to get like, the monsters to leave his room sweet. at night. That was cute. Um, There's as far as fornication goes. 
she doesn't wear a bra like the whole time. There's Does that count? After like sex moments with her. And yeah, but that's about it. That's about it. I, I think this movie's weak on the Arkoff formula. I think so too. But it's a Stephen King. It's not a hit him up action bloody gory. It's a Stephen King. Think about it and be fucked up. You know what I mean? He. It's it's almost like a different genre. I think the within thing, it's like a subgenre. The goriest thing in this movie is the dog. Oh yeah, it's so gross. And Drool and blood and. Ugh. and I, I want to say that the uh, the blood mm-hmm. or that the blood the drool and whatnot was sugar and egg whites. When and I the think dogs would just eat it and stop, they loved it. They just back. When I think of like gross dog drool movies i always thought of turner and hooch that tom hanks movie has so much dog slobber like it grosses me out it turned me away of like big dogs for a really long time um now i would yeah cujo would probably be up there it's a pretty gross dog yeah blood covered yes but um back to what we were talking about a minute ago the structure 